Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Victor and Parker Rabanne Black XS 100ml for only $89.99 at Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. SCNZ, 18th of March, 3 minutes past 6am, 2022, how good is it? Welcome into the show this morning, Louis Herman Watt here, and I'm joined in the metaverse by Mitch McLennigan. Welcome back, brother, unreal to have you back in the studio, it's been a while. Oh mate, it has been a while, Um, I'll tell you what, I'm fizzed up mate. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, I am, I am, it's nice to see the fellas again, how good. Yeah, what a crew to work with. I'm bloody excited. I know I've turned up in a jumper. I'm not as hard as Kempy getting the guns out. Uh, so, you know, it's a little bit chilly in the studio for me. I'll tell you what, though. There's one thing you and Kempy have in common is your big rigs, mate. You, you always, you come in and you always surprise me. Just, you, just He's a big man, Mitch McLennigan, and it is quite intimidating. But luckily, luckily enough, we've got a, about eight foot in between us, about the size of a great uh, white. It would take me half a second, mate, to get, get <laughs> across me? there. To get across there. Yeah, yeah just, no. Just so you know, just just so I know, you are ready to drop that oh, one yeah, in short. Exactly, yeah, yeah, 100%, mate. How you been? You been good? Oh, loving it. Absolutely loving it, mate. It's um, oh, I enjoy summer. It's the best time. It's been autumn. The, the temperature's just dropped down a click. Mm. Two weeks off the booze, haven't had a beer in a couple of weeks, fresh as a daisy. Oh, yeah. I'm fresh as a daisy, mate. Classic. I'm out there running. I'm trying to run a fast 5K. I'll tell you about that in a second. So you're used to running a slow 5K, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, big show this morning. We're lucky enough on Baz and Izzy for breakfast to be welcomed and joined by 
Baz McCullum out of oh, India. Oh, what a special guest. He's coming into, he's phone dialing into his own show this morning. So Baz is up after 7 a.m. We've got a lot to debrief with him. Uh, I've, I've told him we want to talk about the White Ferns because he led a Cricket World Cup in his own country. He knows innately, um, I, I suppose. I carried the drinks. Oh, I suppose you were there. <laughs> I carried the drinks. You, you know, you also you were there. You so guys, if you want to talk about the people on the bench, then I can discuss that as well. Yeah, if you yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, we might we might get to that. No, but you guys know innately what it's like to play in the pressure of your own country, and unfortunately, the White Ferns just not quite getting it right at the moment, and you don't get too many chances in a tournament. So we'll discuss that, and we'll hear from so- Sophie Devine. We've got some audio we'll play of Sophie Devine. We'll get Baz and. Mitch throughout the morning to analyse that. This is the best thing. You don't need guests on Bazazi for breakfast when you've got the host and the other host as former international cricketers one now. Of course, the Kolkata Knight Riders head coach and it's not Metaverse. Mitch, we're going to talk a little bit of skiing as well up after 8am this morning because we've got a Kiwi champion skier and she didn't go to the Olympics. Work that one out because it's free ride skiing. It's just hotter and it's a little bit different than the Olympic skiing. It's more, I'd say... Can we say crazy skiing? Crazy. <laughs> loose. Nuts. Yeah. Dangerous. Ooh, loosey-goosey. Loosey-goosey, maybe. Yeah. We'll talk to Jess Hodder up after 8 o'clock. Michael McNabb for our Waikato Stud Racing preview. He is... Oh, how do I explain what Nabber is? Um, so in the zone. Like, as in the zone as... Guppy was in Wellington when he scored 237. Like, he is oh, in that okay, World Cup. Okay. Uh, Mc, McNabb, Michael McNabb is so dialed in. He's leading the premiership by eight. He's so motivated and he's riding well. We'll catch up with him because he's got a huge book of rides at Trentham. He's probably never ridden better in his life. And we'll ask him that and we'll see what he has to say. Plenty of other stuff. Lots of you on double eight double three. Or 0800 150 811, the Temper Bed Post Exchange, or the Kennards Hire phone line. As I look here into the text machine and I stare deep into its soul, I see a text from 9 o'clock last night. Totally frustrated. Goodbye title. Fraser from Tauranga. There'll be lots of White Ferns and cricket fans waking up feeling a bit like that this morning, Mitch. The White Ferns just not mm. quite getting it right, mate. It's, it's tough to see. Yeah, it is tough. Um, particularly in our country, it seems like it's been a big role reversal, eh, between the old West Indies and, and New Zealand from um, the 2015 World Cup. I mean, England's still doing terrible in New Zealand, so I guess we can console in that. But I know mathematically there's still a chance um, they've got to beat England um, on Sunday, isn't it, up here in Auckland. Um, so that'll be an absolute cracker of a game. England have disappointed me out of all the teams this even more than the White Ferns in terms of the you know their performances so far, England have been terrible. Um, touted to be a real front runner um, to really challenge the Aussies. Um, super disappointing, mate. Yeah, England do have a game in hand and still play us, mm. and they um, there is a little bit of just a little bit of murmuring that maybe England might click and get it together in just in time. And I think the ball is more in their court than it is. The White Ferns, you know, I guarantee you the White Ferns didn't want to have that in common with the Warriors. <laughs> they didn't want to have any chat of mathematical chances. <laughs> they they didn't, especially one week into the NRL season and five weeks or a month into this World oh, Cup. Oh, mate. That's the last thing they wanted to hear yeah, someone classic. say. It's like eight games out from the end of the season. We're talking about the Warriors' mathematical chance of making the eight. 
every year. Every year, but it's our year. I mean, well, I guess I'm not. I'm not a, a first team Warriors fan, but definitely support them as a second team. Plenty of NRL chat this week, yeah. uh, and we'll, we'll, I know you love it. You got your Seagulls beanie on, um, <laughs> propping up the table. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, belly aches 500th, and they nearly gave it away. I know, mate. I know. And the bad boy of sport almost almost stole it from them as well, old Latrell Mitchell. Is that what we're calling him? Uh, well, Because Nick Kyrgios kind of gave that title back, eh? Yeah, he did. But oh, Nick Kyrgios, yeah, have you spoken about him this week? It looks like he just needs to like spray every person that he's going to play against, <laughs> and he finally turns up. It gives him something, eh? He just doesn't want to lose to someone he's had words with. He's going good in the Indian Wells, isn't, isn't he? he? Mate, it's, you know, finally, maybe just he's, oh, I'm not going to say he's matured. He definitely hasn't. Um, but he's actually just got a few bones to pick. And it's been fascinating to watch. Not being a super tennis fan myself, but to see that, mate, he's, um, he's great for the sport of tennis. Other bad boys would include Ben Stokes, once upon a time. Um, he's on 98, not out, about to ton up. Batting with Bearstow in the West Indies and the Caribbean, I assume they chose to bat first because that wicket looks very flat. <laughs> so I can only assume that they won the toss. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Joe Root put put about a uh, one hundred and fifty odd up, and they're three hundred and ninety for four, three hundred ninety four for four now. Ben Stokes about to turn up as well. So there's plenty of cricket going on. Uh, the domestic season's starting to wind down, isn't it? But the IPL. Is just, what are we, about 10 days away or so? Oh, mate, it's come around fast. Mm. Come around super fast. Um, what are you looking forward to the most? Um, in life? IPL starting <laughs> in life. <laughs> IPL Retirement? starting or, or playing against the <laughs> Netherlands. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, that's not a bad would you rather. Um, would you rather watch an IPL game or the Black Cats play the Netherlands? Mm. Well, I suppose to, by default it's the Black Cats play the Netherlands, but... You know, I never lie to the great people of SENZ. I can't find myself too G'd up for the series. I'm a little bit... You know, this has been one of the weirder summers of cricket because we didn't have cricket through January. Yeah. We lost that Australian ODI series, which mm. we were all looking forward to. Would have been awesome. We lost to Bangladesh. <laughs> we got pumped by Bangladesh. Then we pumped Bangladesh. Then we pumped South Africa. And then we got pumped by South Africa, and now we've got a series against the Netherlands. As, Sounds as, like you're stoked with the New Zealand cricket summer, mate. Well, hey, but this will this will turn the corner, mate. This will turn the corner. This will this will put us on the right right track. But it, it is. You come on. You got to admit it's been a, one of the weirder summers of cricket. Like if you put it like that, gee, there's been some ups and downs and kind of a big hole in the middle. Oh, mate, and even probably even weirder is that um, we're playing against the Netherlands and we've got three of our domestic cricketers. Playing and well, not even Max O'Dowd's coming out of club cricket, um, playing uh, playing against the uh, Black Caps. So he's coming. He's playing for Takapuna. Um, he was down at Otago playing for Otago A last year, Auckland A for numerous seasons before that. So he's going to make his. Uh, he's he's going to play against in New Zealand's first international. New Zealand's going to be for the Netherlands. So that's cool. Michael Rippin from Otago is going to be, or just joined up with the squad, and and then you've got Logan Van Beek. Um, who's been exceptional for Wellington for many years now. Uh, I thought he would have been knocking on the door as, as one of the guys to even play in this series just to see if he had it at that level as a, as a backup all-rounder or a bowling all-rounder. So the Black Caps, you mean? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's not, like with the names that they've got in that squad, you know, it's, you know, it's literally a coin toss. So uh, Ross Taylor? 
<laughs> what are we coin tossing over Ross Taylor? No, but this, like, is, his fa- this, is, this is his farewell, right? It is, mate. This and is... Actually, you know what, mate? Um, I'm going to take it back. I, I, I would rather watch this series purely for Ross. Me too. Purely I'm, for Ross. I'm completely tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. I mean, I love the IPL because, you know... Bears, we support Kolkata, but yeah. no, we don't support Kolkata. Don't you ever say that with me in the studio. Don't you raise your arms, Karen? <laughs> Get out of it, mate. Take that pink shirt off. Jeez, I've missed you, Mitch. <laughs> Straight away, mate. He's coming Cole with the Seagulls beanie. KKL Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're so pesty. Just count the titles, boys. Just count the titles. Okay. It is. Gee, you got tense fast there. Um, yeah, all right. It's Friday, mate. We've um, we've made, we've made done all the hard yards this week. Kempe's already put himself on Fox News. He's <laughs> 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 done some heavy lifting for us. Izzy's told us about his, cut, his, oh, his situation with his irrigation. Um, he's in a bit of trouble there. <laughs> he sent through a photo yesterday the about the, pond. the elbow joint that he kind of didn't. He tried to bend a. Oh, we have to go, go listen to Country Clueless on the Bears and Izzy for Breakfast podcast <laughs> channels yesterday, <laughs> and you'll hear. And then um, he sent through a photo of it, and I won't, I'm not even going to put it online because it's not good for him. People, we don't need people thinking. But you know, hang in there, Daggy. So it's, it's good that you're doing the stuff yourself. El- elbow's no good. The elbow joint that he put in is was necessary in the end, but I don't think he, that that wasn't necessarily the starting point. So <laughs> it was a bit of a process. But it's what the point is. It's been a long week. Positive vibes only this morning, mate. Oh, cool. We're going to yeah, tip yeah. up a storm. Can I tell you about my um, my five k odyssey? No, talk to me. Right. Well, I came back from holiday. I went. I got. A, I had a holiday, and it was a lovely holiday. But the issue is. I holidayed so well. We just ate white bait and venison and drunk so much gin and just had the best time just blowing out down the south on. Mm. Best time. Two and a half weeks, though, starts to catch up on you. That's like enough. That's a long enough period of time where you come back and you go, you can actually feel heavier. You, you, yep. you, you noticeably saw it. All right. A couple of weeks off the grog at least. Um, let's just sort, this out, oh, sort myself Karen, out. Karen in my ears saying, um, now you know what it feels like to be Kempe and Mitch. Mate, you have started off super hot this morning. Super I'm just—I'm I'm not even going to do it. He's, uh, this is why he's coming with the manly beanie, and I've already given him slack about it. That's the only thing that's happened this morning. I haven't said a single word. Oh you're trying to set me up. Mate. There's a lot going on here. Just one Sorry. step, one step at a time. What, Karen, why have you and Jacob swapped spots? <laughs> mate, we're crafting the greatest Friday tipple to date. Good. So Jacob's, we've swapped seats just so Jacob can chip away at it because, you know, me with my dyslexia, it's not good if I'm on the tool. So Jakey here is whooping up the greatest Friday tipple for 8.40 exclusively every Friday mm. on Bears and Izzy. Okay. That's okay, good. so right. you're feeling heavy so, like okay, so and myself. T- yeah, yeah, yep, right. Okay, okay, so yep, you started Sad to kids. feel, yeah, stuff. dog, eh? Um, so I've decided, decided that I, I want to, you know, and I've always, I always run, but I, I never really take it seriously. I usually just plot around. But I was like, I need a bit of a goal. So I'm trying to run a fast 5K, and I've got a bit obsessive about it, mm-hmm. and I'm um, doing lots of research. And and <laughs> a long time ago, a decade ago, I, I would run, I could run 1930, 1945Ks, yep. which is like fast enough and pretty fit. It was pretty fit back then. And, yep. and I'd, I'd love to get under 20 minutes again before that decade is up. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I've got about six months. Six months. And I've, my first recorded time was 
Mm. So I need to shave a minute 50 off my 5K time. So I'm getting a bit obsessive about it. A minute 50 off your 5K time. Googling about it. Well, I I gave a few tips, if you you would like my tips, um, to Manaya on the um, afternoon show. He's obviously trying to get into his running. Is he? Um, Yeah, and um, he was unsure of having a beer after work before running. No, he did. He did, and he reckoned he did a PB, mate. 30-second PB on his little 3K run. So do you reckon you have another one and you shave another? <laughs> hey, mate, I reckon you just keep on going up <laughs> until, until you find the tipping, your tipping point. point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you're into your research, mate. It's just personal research. What do you reckon? We can ask Baz that. He's just see. Oh, what do you? Yeah, I think Baz. Baz is. Um, he's told the story before that he reckons four ciders before he bats. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate, I'm sure, I don't know, he probably told you, but like, apparently used to be a thing in county cricket that guys who were super nervous used to have a nip of vodka or a rum or whiskey before they went out to bat just see, to calm the nerves. See, where does the line get crossed to performance enhancing? Because that's a drug. I know, right? <laughs> like, yeah, where does, so where's, where's the line between coffee, alcohol, oh, and PEDs? Bro, talking about coffee. Did you see that guy who died? No. Took the equivalent of 200 cups of coffee in like a powder form of um, caffeine. Oh. So like a, going like a pre-workout mix, you're supposed oh. to have like like two or oh, two milligrams or something or 20 milligrams that or something like that. That is so, so stupid. And he ended up having two grams in his workout Accidentally. Smoothie. At like yeah, because his scale didn't um, oh. go behind, uh, didn't pick it up until two grams is on the scale. So he thought two grams that, is two milligrams. That and sounds illegal, whatever that is, mate. Yeah, catastrophic. So yeah, yeah steer, steer away from the old caffeine powder. Yeah, if you if you're thinking of it, just have a coffee. Yeah, found with two hundred times, two hundred times the amount of caffeine that anyone would ever have in their bloodstream. Yeah, insane, mate. Crazy. So I know you told positive no. vibes for Friday, but <laughs> taking the air out of the room, especially for someone that doesn't really drink that much coffee. That I can't even imagine what they would feel. Yeah, like. I know, right? Well, I tell you what, it felt like frothing at the mouth in about five minutes, according to his wife's uh, statement. That's pretty. Did you know this bloke? No, so guy in the states. He was just like uh, a p- personal trainer. Yeah. Yeah, right. America. Yeah, America. America. But um, yeah, no. I know Baz is the four siders before he bats is just enough. Um, <laughs> per- perfect kind of three and three and a half siders. That was like right on the right on the tipping point. Yeah. Um, what, what? How many siders has he got to have to play left arm spin well? Oh. <laughs> well, depends if we're in. Depends if we're in the subcontinent. Because as he said, it is hard, you know. I know, bro. I'm just taking the piss. I'm taking the piss. You bought a bit of left arm spinning. You're 20 minutes past (laughs) 6 o'clock this morning. It is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Positive vibes only. Unless, unless Mitch McLennigan just feels like he has to get the energy up. It's almost like he's he's like LeBron at this stage in his career. It's like... To perform well, he has to start a feud with someone. And then he's like, all right, I'm on today. 60-piece, here we come. Try New Vic's First Defence Nasal Spray, now eleven ninety nine at Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. SENZ, it is 26 minutes past 6 o'clock this morning. Um, just reflecting on last night's loss by the White Ferns and... 
I mean, there's so many different ways to, to look at this game in isolation, but the tournament as a whole at the moment for the White Ferns, it seems to be repetitive issues from uh, my vantage point that keep snagging them. Sophie Devine, again, puts a massive batting platform out there. She's batted well with Amelia Kerr, um, had great partnerships throughout. People have been able to, yeah, I think they were about four down before it really started to get messy, and it's the collapses that we just keep seeing mm. and the lack of taking advantage of your position you've worked so hard to put yourself in which just must be infuriating for Divine Carter and Co there's that and then on the flip side it's the moments the moments that you have to win they seem to be consistently not winning them and eventually that's not luck anymore Mitch it just seems like when it really counts they can't find the result or the answer and that's that's kind of the two points that I've managed to pick up. Mm. Well, I mean, that's where it comes down to experience, right? Um, in those crunch moments, you know, when, when your game's on the line, you need your experienced players to turn up. And unfortunately, um, towards the lower end of, of the batting order in particular, there's not a lot of experience. Um, Lauren Downs showed really nice signs before she got injured um, pre-World Cup, and I, I think that threw a spanner in the works. Uh, Brooke Halliday uh, wasn't in the form that she was in previous to that and uh, Lauren took her opportunity to go down injured. That was massive for just having that little bit more support down the order and then yeah, you've got a feel for you know a youngster like uh, Franz Joseph. You know, um, so she's uh, just been thrown in the old, the old deep end, eh? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's, you know, she's not being picked. They've, they've gone to Frankie Mackay. Like you, you assume that Lee Casbrick would have been playing. Um, mm. Fran was picked ahead of yeah. Lee, and just what she would have offered with their left arm ortho, and obviously a bit more with the bat as well. I mean, experience is one thing. Like the team overall is, is an ex- super experienced team. Like if you actually look at oh, the eleven, the top they, order, hundred percent. But if you yeah, look at the, the eleven they put now. out, yeah. I mean, but then even you know, you you need Katie Martin to be able to hang and stay yeah. deep. Yeah, you, you kind of need. I think it's kind of like you said. You, you pointed to the same stuff that happened uh, at the Mount, you know, uh, against the West Indies, where Caddy Martin should have been there to see that game out um, and chip that one to mid off. Um, again, crucial moments like was the risk needed at that point? You know, I, yeah, maybe it's just been a flow on from that, mate. It's momentum's a funny one. You get in the same situation, you fail when you should have won a game. Uh, in that first game, um, and then it's just flowed on from there. We're really curious to ask Baz what he's picked up from where he's been, just around that momentum. Because you know, he, he, when you played under him, he was huge on that, right? Mm. You know, keep that good energy going and use it, build and build and build. Mm. And it just seems like the the inverse is happening to the White Ferns, leaving thirteen runs out there in your first innings. You know, as when you're setting a score, yeah. I mean, it turned out to be the difference, and it it was un it was really unforgivable at the time. This deep in the tournament, when we know you win, you're in. Just keep winning, keep winning, yeah. and you can't just donate thirteen dots, thirteen nothings. Yeah, thirteen um, balls at the end of the innings. Yeah. So it's tough because we want. Oh, I mean, you know, we were so excited for this tournament, and like they still have a chance. Their run rate didn't take too much of a hiding last night because they took it so close. So. Win two games, there's a chance, you know, mathematically as we talked about. But, man, it's brutal because the expectations, especially coming out of that Indian series, it was like, oh, oh man, then, have they clicked? Then a historic chase against the Aussies. 
Like, absolutely dominated the Aussies. Amelia Kerr, Susie Bates, uh, Sophie Devine. Just took them down. What, they chased 345 yeah, or some, yeah, something huge, of that? Huge. Like, massive total. Massive total. Um, we're just like, yeah, yeah, we're here. Do you know what that reminded me of? And I don't know if you played in this game, and I didn't say it at the time, but it reminded me of that pre that uh, warm-up game you guys played against South Africa at Hagley in 2015, and it was like 3.30 or... Yes, I did play in that game. And, and it was mm. uh, huge. Yeah. And it was like... And they, yep. You chased it down, I'm pretty sure, and it was like, oh... With like an over and as well. a couple Did overs in hand, well. and it was kind of like the pressure valve just went. Whoa, okay, mm. man, this team's in a really good space. And when you, when the when the White Ferns did that, mm. I thought, man, here we go, home country, a bit of momentum. But for whatever reason, it's the bubble popped, and I don't know when it popped. I don't know why it popped. I don't know if I mean we can't. I, I won't speculate whether it's team chemistry or anything like that. I just the consistently the moments you need to win are not mm. being won, and it's it's um. I mean, it's just brutal for the for them, but also the cricketing public that just wants so desperately to mm. get behind and galvanise behind this White Ferns team. We'll keep talking about it throughout the morning. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kennards High phone line. Would love to hear from you. Um, what what can what, what can Divine and Carter and and the Brains Trust there do? I mean, how how do they beat England first and foremost? Because if they don't beat England, then this is all just we're just kind of reflecting on a tournament mm. that could have been, but. You know where are the improvements? Let's let's try and work forward from here. Where are the improvements, and what do they need to do? If you like Fraser from Tauranga, totally frustrated. Goodbye t- title. Tell me why you're totally frustrated. We'd love to hear from you. It's 28 away from seven o'clock this morning. Araha is coming up with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping a building in New Zealand. Then we're going to talk a little bit of thoroughbred racing. SCNZ 26 away from seven o'clock this morning on a cruisy Friday, 18th. Of March 2022, uh, just trying to dissect and I guess debrief uh, White Fern's performance that has left everybody asking questions that we don't necessarily have the answers to. I'm sure we'll hear from them throughout the morning. We've got some audio we will play of Sophie Devine up after seven o'clock, get her initial reaction. I'm sure they'll take time to absolutely analyse this game and work out, in this tournament so far, to work out where they are going wrong. Yet again, another disappointing one for White Ferns fans alike. Love racing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Mitch, have you, um, since the summer brekkie, have you been following along? And look, don't feel like you have to say yes. Uh, I had a dabble a few weeks ago and I was horrendous, so I gave up again. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, it's most punters out there. So I've been waiting for your tips, mate. No, no. The phone line's been dry, as you'd say, mate. So mm. yeah, I lost my number until you needed me to come fill in with you. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because I'd actually been thinking the same about the metaverse. <laughs> and, I, you know, you expect to be tipped off it's by... It's super quiet. I haven't bought anything. Oh, I bought one. That's it. So Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. You, hey, you're, you're, the meta- you're following Shaq O'Neill into the metaverse, mate. You, uh, you've gone the right way. Making, hey, Louis almost close to maybe even just doing this part-time. Hey. <laughs> what punting part time? That would be fun. He, he's, here's the thing. I will trade you. I will trade you a good thing for a good thing. So we'll have a little chat. We'll have a little chat off okay. air about that. Um, racing at Trentham this week, and it is a Group One day. Ooh. 
For the three-year-olds, it's the Mile Levin Classic. And, of course, it is the Oaks, where self-obsession is the favourite. Michael McNabb does the writing there. We'll catch up with Nabba next hour, and we'll work out exactly how good this filly actually is. Um, she's a superstar, in my opinion. There's plenty of backable chances. Can I get an amen? I made the case for it yesterday in race number seven. I hear that the money has come, but obviously it's an even spread because we haven't seen it budge off that $4.50. I have no idea where the starting price ends or starts, I suppose. Uh, for can I get an amen? You could tell me that it gets crushed into $2.70. Uh, well, $3, and I might believe you. You could tell me it drifts out to $5.50, and I'd believe you as well. I would be... Kind of shocked because as I made the case for yesterday, can I get an amen? Has run in behind Levante, Rockin' Horse, and Mascarpone. They've all gone on to win Group Ones. She did it hard without cover, sat wide, kicked again, found the line, gets the same track, same distance, except weight relief, 53 kgs from a good barrier. I just think it's a good bet. Race number six is the Levin Classic, and I'm wearing the On the Bubbles hat today because On the Bubbles is back. Jared Smith and uh, Ian Smith, Smithy's son and Hazy and the crew there at Tiakao. Uh, obviously, it's been a bit of a party boy for them because, well, on the bubbles, they've spent a lot of time doing that. And his 10 starts, he's won six and run second three times. Uh, plenty of good chances across the card, though. And remember, the Todonga meeting has been moved to Sunday because of jockey availability COVID running rampant through the jockey ranks, so they're just making sure that they can get the best jockeys to the races. Uh, Tauranga will race on Sunday to make sure that can happen. There's plenty going on. Uh, you can ask me, send me a text throughout the morning, double eight, double three, if you want me to have a look at your runner. We've got a multi-buster we need to make with Pip Morris today, so Mitch will be getting his head stuck into the form. And there is a text here. From Mike, Louis, I could be behind the eight ball here, but will we see Catalyst again? Also, can you ask Baz about Defibrillate for the weekend? We can ask Baz about Defibrillate. And as far as Catalyst goes, he's had another setback last I heard, um, and Pikey was just taking his time with him, potentially looking to aim him at the spring. So I think, Mike, where we're going with Catalyst is a career that could what could have been, unless there's a miraculous recovery here. Um yeah, that's about it, Mike, and that's about it, Mitch. Sorry, I've just talked at you for four minutes. So. No, that's fine, mate. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to that at home. <laughs> no, Is your kid talking? Your baby huh? talking? Is your baby talking? No, my wife. Oh, right, right. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, no, thinking, no. I was thinking, surely you wouldn't just tee yourself up like that. Oh, always, mate. <laughs> the, fire, the more fire, the better. No, it keeps, keeps a healthy relationship, mate. No, nah, she is talking. She is talking. Um, your wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my daughter. Uh, looks like, oh, geez, yeah, we've just lost a wicket. Johnny Bairstow. I was just about to, to crow about uh, Ben Stokes getting his 100. Uh, he took his 100 up off 120-odd uh, balls. Uh, I was just about to take the piss and say that um, Elzari Joseph was just about to get his 100 as well. Uh, but he hasn't. He's taken a wicket, one for 99. So he's still going to get that 100, but Johnny Bairstow departs and, geez, England dominant position, 410 for five, mate. Mm, days like that, your average, you're just thinking about it, aren't you? <laughs> you're just thinking about it. <laughs> Ned, I need to get a couple, I need to clean a couple of tail enders up I here know. just to, to peg that yeah, average back. Otherwise, it's going to take a massive hit. Ben Stokes going really well. Here's a message. Louis, where do you start with the White Ferns? The squad selection. The mm. team. 
turned up to the bail of the first game expecting a straightforward win, just like the Black Caps against Bangladesh. Ooh, maybe it's something to do with the Bay. Ooh. Then choke in the last over of that first game, and there's plenty more. Last night, 11 off 8 balls and both mod, uh, mid-on and mid-off are up. Gets a four hit. Yeah, that was divine. She got pumped over mid-off, didn't she? Seven mm. off seven, you need to keep cap off strike for the start of the last over. So you put mid on back so she can get an easy single. Uh, Richie, that's a great message, and I think the theory was there, well, if she hits a boundary, we're um, absolutely toast regardless. Tactics, Baz has talked about this well, before. Yeah, so I, I, can I chime in there? Yeah. Not being a skipper. Yeah. But I know... Every everything you try and do at that point is to trying to keep the number ten on strike yeah, right. for that next over. Regardless if that number ten's got um, is only three three runs to win. What's the worst cap was going to do? Hit a boundary. So you always have that mid on forward, mid on hundred percent. Try and stop that one even a little bit closer. Just with with the if it was like a number six or a seven at the other end, who was a decent bat, then like you would consider um, having that and bowling away so they, you know. You know, try and get a single somewhere else, but mate, when you got number ten at the other end, number <laughs> ten at the other end, you you you've just uh, you got to say, well, we can still win this. It's two wickets. You know, number ten. Yes, they've got three runs, but how likely is that? Squeeze on a number ten. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Richie. I, I think tactically, you're right. Throwing that mid on back was probably not the best option, but. I don't know. How do you read it? No, no. I just think it was a tricky situation, but yeah. that's a great point. What I was going to say was Baz, we've asked Baz about this before, and um, he has spoken about the infancy of women's cricket, especially mm. at this kind of elite level, yep. and how it takes time to learn, and, and yep. you know, and how it takes time for good habits and tactics to kind of be prevalent. And just yep. because the men get it right all the – well, they don't, actually. No. First of all, they definitely don't. But, you know, some of the, they might sometimes be more tactical kind of blues – in the women's game while we are supporting it and growing it to where we want it to be. And, and that's teething pains that you'll see in different areas of the game. And, and um, like, that's a great point from Richie. And, yeah, another another hard one to swallow for the White Ferns. We've got to shoot off because the quiz is back. Quizzy Dag on a Friday. Mitch has got the questions. Are there phone friends today? We will tell you after this. 0800 150 811. I'm going to decide whether I want to be generous or not. Give us a call. Play the quizzy, quizzy dag. Zed. It's quizzy dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> yes, you've given us a call on 0800 150 811. And today, the Quizmaster is taking you deep into the metaverse. It is Mitch Mathenigan. Right, I'm just. I'm unsure about that leading. It caught me uh, off guard. Uh, better? Are we going back to the old one, or is Izzy happy with that? That's actually the original one. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Gone I back can see why we've changed. <laughs> Get back to the old one. The other one was great. I loved it, Izzy. Okay. All right. Sweet. We're going to crack into Quizzy Dag today with your chance to win a t- uh, $50 bonus bet from the TAB. Oh, well, We'll go to the phone lines. Jeez, okay, we've got Brenton up first, mate. How, mate, you're usually way down the list. What is going on? You're on the dial today. 
Good on you, mate. I just normally listen to it on radio, mate, and it's off. The other one. SNZ app. app. So it's a bit delayed. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's good. Oh, it's you're in bed. You're down with the vid, are you? Nah, I'm not in bed, brother. Oh, you're out yeah, on the road. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, so you've been tuning into our terrible chat this morning. Oh, let's see if we can, <laughs> let's see if we can win you a fifty dollars bonus bet, mate. And if you get this one on, yeah, get this one wrong, never ever call this radio station again. <laughs> who currently <laughs> <laughs> who currently sits at the bottom of the NRL ladder after round one? I mean, the shell. Uh, it's not funny. Yeah, done. That's really. You just give it up. See you later. Hang, hang, hang your head in shame for the rest of the day, okay, mate? Because, yeah, you know, that's. You've, that's double. You can't then give away the actual answer. <laughs> right, let's see if Zayd oh, well, was let's listening. Let's see if Zayd. how are you, mate? It is you, Zayn. How are you? Yeah, all good. Cracking. Um, all right. We're going to go straight into oh, the question here, Zayn. Who is sitting at the um, bottom of the... Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. Awesome, Zayn. <laughs> Who is Sonny Bill fighting on Wednesday? Um, Barry Hall. He is. He is. Who did Joe Root score his 21st century against yesterday? Uh, West Indies. He did. Oh. Olivia McTaggart. Taggart. Taggart. <laughs> so good with my names, bro. So good. <laughs> Olivia McTaggart will compete for New Zealand at the World Athletics Indoor Champs in what event? Pole vaulting. Oh, this would. is a precision. This <laughs> is an it? absolute precision. Listen, hang up the phone now, listeners. Okay, Liverpool closed the gap in the EPL title, raced to just one point yesterday. In the English Premier League era, how many titles have they won? They've won one. Oh, they have, Zay! <laughs> well done, mate. Well I done. Wanna, I want to talk to you guys about something quickly. Um, what the hell happened? I was watching that Melbourne Storm game, and um, what happened in the 65th minute? Did Melbourne Storm just fall asleep, boys? And then Latrell Mitchell, that drop goal of 90 seconds to go, um, I put some money on Storm 12 and under, and then old Pappenhausen comes in and then just lands the drop goal for the Storm, well, and they never seem to lose. So what are you complaining about, mate? You want some money? Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not complaining, <laughs> but I'm just saying that um, yeah, no. the Storm... Yeah, we're gonna talk um, talk about that a little bit later. They, yeah, they were great, I'm, eh? Yeah, but I'm gonna probably put my um, bonus bet on the UFC. That's what I'm looking forward to the this UFC. weekend. Okay. Uh, okay. Pad, Paddy the Batty. Oh. Oh, is Paddy the Batty fighting Zayt? I like that yeah, guy. He is. Um, and he's got a podcast. I don't know if you want to check it out, but um, he did an episode with that uh, Molly McCann. She's fighting as well this weekend. Do you reckon we should get him part of the SEN network? Oh, um, I know, I know, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Okay, thanks, Aid. Enjoy your TV bonus bit, mate. Hey, so he's got a podcast. podcast is obviously not that good. <laughs> <laughs> or, are we, or, or are we not that good? Because he sounded like he quite liked. Thanks, okay, Aid. anyway. Let's yeah, before, kick before we crack on, Brenton, I hope you're listening. You can't call yourself a leaguey without knowing the ladder after round one. Mate, okay. The only reason you know the ladder 
is because you're propping it up. <laughs> Six and a, seven and a half away from seven this morning. We will talk rugby league. Bellyache. Man, he would have had a bellyache last night watching the Melbourne Storm. As Zaid said, just slowly give away that league. All it would have taken was Latrell Mitchell to uh, convert one of his mm-hmm. one of the tries. Instead, he decided to go for the far trickier option, the two-point field goal, but it wasn't enough because, uh, as Zaid said, Pappenhausen, well, he got it done in golden point. It is seven minutes away from seven this morning. We'll be back to wrap up the hour and chat to Baz McCullum after seven o'clock. Looking forward to catching up with the skip to talk all things cricket. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. You certainly are Friday the 18th, and we've got Baz dialing in from India just up after 7 o'clock this morning. Double eight, double three uh, on the Temper Bedpost text machine, or please give us a call on the Kennards High phone line 0800 150 811. I want you to get in touch with us this morning and um, talk to Baz. Give Baz your thoughts, or if you've got a question that you'd love to know uh, about the White Ferns in particular, that's what I want to hear about. Where, where does this team turn from here, and... I mean, are you giving them a chance to make the semi-finals? Mathematically, it's there, but I guess I'm curious why why the similar situations and the same results over and over and over again. What is your take? Give me a call on 0800 and you've baited Brenton into texting back, Mitch. <laughs> I have, mate. He said, I stuffed up with my thoughts. Uh, Bunny's losing two from two. Love the banter. Guess I won't be ringing the show again. Show you, mate. I'm just a, a ring-in, mate. I, I wouldn't even know if you rang it again. Get involved, mate. We love it. We love it. Isn't that incredible? You come in on a Friday we discuss positive vibes and then you start telling people not to telling call. Telling people not to cut not to call. Just actively taking listeners off our couch. Oh, no chance. No chance. Brenton loves you. Sea Eagles propping up the NRL table. Choices flooring poll today. I'm thinking something NRL. I'm thinking something NRL coaches. Mm. We'll workshop that in the news. That's next with Araha for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. In the meantime, I'm going to go find myself a Mick Cafe coffee because it's Friday. And Fridays lead into Saturdays, which is the punting day. Let's go. Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. CNZ Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It is three minutes past 7am this morning. We're talking White Ferns, trying to work out and react. What's going on this World Cup tournament? And last night, another one given away. Giving up 13 balls of their innings and not being able to peg South Africa back at the death. Baz McCullum, hopefully not far away, live out of India. Michael McNabb later in the hour for Waikato Stud, their racing preview. Oaks Day tomorrow at Trentham. What a famous day. We absolutely love it. And Nabba is riding out of his skin. And Jess Hotter. Jess Hotter is a free ride world... Ch- oh, no, I shouldn't say that because she's not quite. 
Jessod is a freeride skier. She's on the world tour up in Austria, and she's leading the world tour with one finals event to go. So we'll catch up with her. And I'm joined in the studio this morning by Mitch McLennigan. Mitch, you are well, you're healthy, you're doing a lot of work in your gyms, and you're looking big, mate. You're looking imposing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm wearing the jumper, mate. Big in the wrong areas, that's for sure. Hey, can before we get to Baz and we kind of try and dissect this more so mm. White Ferns. What, what was a pass mark for you, for them going into the tournament? Like, what did you want from them? Oh, mate, they're definitely a semi-final side. Look, like we said, that top top four, top five batters, um, exceptional. Um, so who, um, you know, you throw a couple of their bowlers in, into the mix there as well. I, mate, in all honesty, I, I thought this was a really good chance for them to win. I really did. I'm sure Baz will probably think something similar. I think it was a great opportunity. Well, I mean, I agree. You don't want to – look, it's hard playing in front of your own people. There's positives as well as negatives that go with it. But if there was one and there was a time and they managed to write that form just before the World Cup, I mean, that, they're gonna, how are they going to feel this morning? <laughs> I mean, pretty pretty rats. Yeah. <laughs> pretty rats, definitely. Surely. Surely. You know, it was another one where they, they fought back and, and, like you said, gave it away a little bit in the first innings. So – you know, uh, tough, tough, tough one to take. But you've you've got two two games now. You know, they've got to beat England. Got to just got to win that game, don't they? Uh, and see what happens. Win and keep winning. That was the plan a, a couple of days ago. Unfortunately, to no luck. We'll talk more about that in just a second. But right now, it's Bazinzi for breakfast, so it's only natural that we cross <laughs> to India and catch up with the good man, our good skip, Baz McCallum, on the road with his other job, coaching the Kolkata Knight Riders. How is it to be back in the ground in India, Baz? Morning to you, brother. Uh, kia ora, boys. How you doing? Yeah, all good. All good, actually. Nice to uh, nice to be out and about and catching up with all uh, all of my teammates, some familiar faces and then some new faces as well with it being a, um, a new auction year, so... Yeah, some good challenges in front of us, but it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's good to have him, uh, Baz, back into the show. Um, it, like, obviously, being over there in India, I, I said to Baz yesterday, Mitch, it must be good to be back on the ground because they played the last half of that tournament last year in the UAE, mm. and now he's back in India. It's quite obviously, you'd know, completely different vibes, completely different energies. Um, yeah, completely different vibes. Um, I'm picking that there's probably going to be crowds back this time around, um, so that'll be awesome. There was obviously some at the IPL last year, smaller crowds in the UAE, but um, just the buzz and the, the team bus, there's just fizz around it, so uh, pretty exciting, yeah. Is it is it cool to be back on the ground in India specifically, Baz? Like, that's what we were just talking about, the buzz must be real. Yeah, it is, boys. It's um, it's pretty cool. It's obviously it's building, you know. Like we're very much in bubbles at the moment, and um, you know, you're not really having a whole lot of interaction with uh, with the public as such. And um, I think crowds going to be about twenty five percent, which will probably still mean about forty thousand people at each game. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's good. We're just uh, Mitch. You know what it's like, bro. We're just we're going through that phase at the moment where you just sort of trying to get everyone familiar with one another and try and blend all the different cultures and ethnicities together as quick as you possibly can and and then hopefully you know you paint a vision for the group which um which you try and hold true over the next couple of months but that's ah, very exciting boys it really is 
Yeah, Betty, is, um, is anyone really kind of taking your eye? I, I know I messaged you um, when the auction happened that you picked up um, Rusik Salam, um, a young little swing bowler. Uh, is there anyone else that has really stood out to you? Yeah, good uh, good question, mate. I'll put it in sort of horse racing parlance because yes. you know we love we love talking talking the uh, the thoroughbred game. I guess like really pleased with the stable we put together. Not sure if we've found the champion just yet, um, but I'm sure we'll win plenty of races if that kind of makes sense. I think yeah. I think um, you know the the guys have they've really impressed me. Um, but over the last couple of years, we've had. Um, some guys emerge, Varun Chakravati, as you'll know, mm. Mitchie, and um, and also Venkatesh Iyer, who exploded onto the scene last year. So they were young, undeveloped uh, or unrecognised talent who have gone on to represent India. Um, have we got that in our young uh, Indian ranks at the moment? I'm not sure. But you, you mentioned uh, Rusik, and he is a really exciting bowler. Swings the ball both ways, bowls at reasonable sort of speed as well. Um, he could be one of those guys. And there's another guy, um, Aman as well, who is a big power hitter, uh, mm. sort of bats in the middle order. And yeah, we, I think we've lost a big fella again. Um, yeah, a couple I'll, of names there that you, you yeah, were interested uh, yeah, in. Yeah, Rusik definitely. We had him a couple of years ago, and then he was with Mumbai, um, and then he got he got a two uh, he got a year ban, eighteen month ban for playing um, under twenty three cricket when he was under eighteen. And they have regulations against, oh, yeah. Wow. He couldn't play, you know, it was something to do with that. Some real weird one where, like, he was younger than he was allowed to be to play a certain comp. Um, so he sat out on sidelines for a year, mate, played no cricket, got banned. So, um, I, I mean, I would have been, lo- I would have loved to um, ask Paz if we can't get him back on the line. Um, Aaron Finch, they just signed. Um, and I wanted to know if that was a straightforward signing because um, I know over the Big Bash, he, his form has been. Pretty poor um, of late. Baz, so. Finchy, thoughts? Uh, quality player. Um, a pretty simple brief for us as well. Um, smack it as far as you possibly can. Good coach. Good yeah. coach for that. Yeah, well, I think so. And, and particularly against the seamers. And he provides a layer of leadership as well for um, for us. Uh, look, we're lucky we've got. Shreyas Iyer is going to captain our side, um, local Indian player who's exploded in the last month or so. And then we've got the Australian Red Bull captain and the Australian White Bull captain in our lineups. Yeah, that's... Was well, there anyone else who, you, who you're looking at? It was just Finchie's name was on the paper. He's the man we want. It looks like he's just dropped out again. This is these are, these are the <laughs> precarious waters we fish in when we try to get Baz out of India. Also, Colin Rose. Oh, oh yeah. Um, those, those sorts of guys as well. And... Um, look, it's not decisions aren't necessarily straightforward. You know, you've got to you got to look at many different aspects. And in the end, we uh, we we settled on Aaron Finch, and mm. and um, yeah, delighted delighted to have him actually. Baz, we have a slightly sketchy um, line. So, well, before we before we you drop out and we let you carry on with your evening, we appreciate you taking your time. I have to ask about the White Ferns, mate. You you were so excited for this tournament. You know what it's like to, and you and Mitch both know what it's like to play a World Cup in your home country and what it's like to have your friends and family surround you. But also the pressures that brings. Have you been disappointed? Have you are you gutted? Are you seeing things that you you know there's still some positivity to take away? What's your your take been on the World Cup so far for the ladies? 
Yeah, they're not done yet, definitely. I think they're not too far away. They're, they're still very much in the mix. They're going to have to win the majority of their games coming home, well, all of their games coming home. But you expect that, you know, and if they do make it, then you know, I think they'll be dangerous. They've played some good cricket, um, haven't always had things go, uh, I guess, how they would like, but they've lost a couple of close games. But look, I don't, I don't think all's lost. Um, Sophie Devine's had a wonderful tournament so far, and She's a tough character, you know. Um, she'll... We potentially might just get Baz to finish that thought, but he, that's not surprising that Baz is glass half full on them, Mitch, and, and that's good to... <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah well, hey, there's, there's an empty half and there's a full half. So <laughs> I guess I'm the empty half. I guess we're the empty half, aren't we? I think we're just gutted, gutted. Um, but yeah, like Bass says, there's still a massive chance. Obviously, if they win and they win well, yeah. I yeah. guess I guess the, the the troubling thing has been the same errors over and over again. Baz, mm. Baz, quickly before you do go, you you make the point about your um your stable of horses that you've got. Can you just? I'm really curious as a coach, what sort of trainer are you? Who do we compare to? Are you kind of like Chris Waller, <laughs> the Jamie Richards? Are you the Richie? Are you kind of Stephen Marsh a bit loose? What sort of trainer? Who do you compare yourself to? Oh, gee, I don't know actually. Um, if only if only horses could talk, I guess. <laughs> 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 I, reckon a, I reckon there's a bit of marshy to you. What was that, Mitch? Oh, I'm just saying, oh, while, we, while you're talking about your horses, we had Mike uh, text through before um, asking you about the fibrillate True. Uh, for the weekend, mate. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts? What's that saying? Don't be a moron, get more on. He's blind. That last run was outstanding. I think he's – look, ah, oh, yeah. I guess that's the great game, and that you know you got a small share in this and in, in a horse, and it just takes you on an amazing journey. And he's been a really cool horse. What he's done so far has been super impressive. And big thanks to Richie, my neighbour Graham Richardson, who obviously he bred him and and trained him to a couple of wins in New Zealand before sending him over to Australia. But he's just taken us on a on a really cool ride. And look, if, um, if he's able to win over uh, win on Saturday, then who knows what he's capable of? Um, there's another week uh, race in a week's time which then is an instant uh, qualifier. For one of the big races, potentially the Melbourne Cup or the Caulfield Cup. Baz McCullum out of India, really appreciate him taking the time to try and tune him. We'll leave him there, let him crack back in with his evening. Hey, it's hard. It's a, It's not exactly, you know what it's like getting uh, communication out of India. I'm sure sometimes it's probably not the most easy thing <laughs> in the world, but good for him to dial in. And as I say, not surprising he's glass half full on the white ferns. Mm. What did you make of that? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Does that, you know, can you take that philosophy with your fandom for the white ferns and your support? Are you willing to stand by them again, go into this England game and say they are a chance and if they can do things right, they are not done yet? Or are you disappointed and are there specific things in their game that you have been really frustrated by? Get in touch. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bedpost text panel. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Mitch, like, is is Baz kind of picked you up? Has he picked your spirits up at all? He has a touch. He has a touch. I guess. I guess it's not over until you definitely can't make it mathematically. Which is usually about twenty two rounds into the comp, isn't it? So, <laughs> <laughs> very good point. Yeah. Um, uh, look, uh, yeah. If they win, I mean, you're coming up against England, who's 
who's been super poor, super poor. I think uh, White Ferns have been competitive in the games they've lost, barring that Aussie game. Um, but England's looked looked really poor. So, mate, what an opportunity if they get that and they beat a side. If you beat England as a side, yeah, even though they're running poorly, um, it will give you that con- confidence going forward for sure. Here's what Sophie Devine had to say um, after last night. I, you kind of feel for Sophie because as a skipper, you can only do a certain amount. Tactically, it's her, it's Susie Bates, it's Amy Satterthwaite. There's a lot of senior players in that team. It doesn't fall solely on Sophie Devine at all. And with the bat, she has been dominant. So this is what she had to say last night after that game. Score one more run than them. Um, it's generally how cricket works, funnily enough. But, uh, oh, look, I think we've played good cricket for probably 70 80% of the time. It's just that final 20%. We know World Cups pushes on. We know that every ball is, you know, something's on the line. So we're really close. Um, again, tonight, you know, 10 more runs and we win that game. Um, so, yeah, again, we've got to look at the positives, got to move forward quickly, obviously head up to Auckland tomorrow, and it, it is, it's about resetting and, and looking forward because it's another really exciting opportunity to play at home in front of hopefully a really big crowd at Eden Park. Yeah, okay. So positivity, that's awesome. That's good to see. Interesting there that... That's snarky at the start. Uh, what do you have to do to win that game? Score one more run at them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, It's again. the old cricket snarky comment when you get a question you... You didn't want to hear. <laughs> Interesting that she's spoken about 10 more runs and we win that game. But and it she's kind also, of goes back to the point that you said that they uh, didn't bat out the innings. You can't bat out your innings. So, mm. look, that, that tells me that that is a massive, massive issue for them mm. and something that they will be very, very hard on themselves about because you can't say... 10 more runs we win, and then not look at the obvious, which is that you didn't use your 50 overs. So I yep. dare say against England, if they bat first, there will be a huge onus on seeing out the 50 overs, Mitch. Definitely, and, and I think, oh, look, I might be reading too much into it, but I feel like um, there's a bit of frustration in her voice there. Huge frustration, and, um, huge frustration. Didn't have anyone come with her. You know, sometimes even if you are running hot, like 93, running hot, Sometimes you just need that period where you're not finding the gaps, you're not finding the runs, and people are falling around. You just need someone to be there with you. Um, well, the frus- so. frustrating thing for her is, and Smithy was bang on in commentary, you cannot soak up dot balls when you've got someone running hot. Mm. So if you lose, if you come in at, say, third drop, second drop, fourth drop, mm. and you take 25 balls to score 14 runs, you know that's not actually just impacting the, sco- the scoring rate. You're taking the momentum out of Sophie Devine. The, yeah. you know, the, the job's to get off strike. The, get off strike. Yeah. And I think yeah. they haven't done that well during this tournament, mm. and it's been frustrating. Mm. And that's where you're getting that frustration in Sophie Devine's voice. And, you know, finished off, she kind of started, as you said, started a little bit, little bit grumpy, finished off. Positive. Hey, doesn't matter because the reality is we we still have games to play and we win every game. Um, we might have a chance. There's a text here from Richie Boys. I put the fifty dollars bonus bet from Monday's Quizzy Dag on South Africa winning last night, so I was able to able to console myself with a collect. But yes, I'm still blacking the white ferns. Appreciate that, Richie. Mm. Double eight double three. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Give us a call. I, I want to know where this team's going wrong. And, and just listening to Sophie Devine there, can you feel her frustration? We're going to talk a little bit of rugby league this morning as well. Don't worry, we will cover that. Super rugby? Well, 
that's been decimated, hasn't it? Um, Chiefs, Moana Pacifica, the one game, so we can probably take our eyes slightly off that as we would be more so than we would be usually on a Friday. Uh, so much going on in the sporting world. Oak Day tomorrow at Trentham as well. It's 20 minutes past 7 o'clock. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Great to catch up with the skip over in India. Sounds like he's having a real fun time with his teammates, getting to know them all, getting the culture all set in stone there. We're here with the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. SCNZ, it's 25 minutes past 7 o'clock. We're trying to work out where the White Ferns have gone wrong and, and what your mentality is around them uh, moving forward into this tournament throughout the rest of the tournament. And we have got on 0800-150-811, the Kenan's Hire phone line, Bruce and Kevin. Kevin, let's start with you. Where are you around the country, brother? To the ring, mate. Oh, awesome, awesome. What did you make of the game last night? Well, I was just saying to you, uh, I was just saying to Karen, every time we bat, we're one for six because you've got a, an opener either getting run out or playing cramp shots. And then you're getting other batsmen, they're getting a start, like 93, a well and truly, a well and truly start. Then you're getting the um, number three coming in, playing a sweep shot across the line to an LBW shot. So you're putting pressure on yourselves and, and they're playing across shots all the time across the wicket. When you've got behind the wicket, you've got six, seven players waiting to catch you where you've got two down the ground is where you drive to, uh, mid-on and mid-off. That's where your runs come from, straight driving with your elbow up. Yeah, uh, good point, Kevin. Um, you're right. This the fundamentals calling the simple stuff in the game, eh? And, and those games can make a massive difference. You never want any run-outs, do you? I know uh, Susie Bates has had a few recently, uh, so that combination at the top just hasn't worked. Particularly, you know, we spoke about a pre-World Cup um, of those guys having to perform really well, and was it, a, was it a risk having them all together? Hey, Kevin, like, you make some great points. The White Ferns today, this morning. What do you What do you think they'll be feeling, mate? Well, they, 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 they'll be feeling bad through their own mistakes because, as I said, you've got a mid on a mid off. You've got you've got runs down the down the down the ground. You've got to have your elbow up, pointing towards the bowler, and you've got to have your foot uh, going towards the bowler, not your foot going across the wicket and your back going across the wicket because that's where you get out. Mm-hmm. But down the ground, you've only got two players. You're looking at fours or twos or ones. Every time. Yeah, they'll be feeling ill at their own mistakes. I hear you, Kevin. Thanks for the call, man. Uh, we'll, we'll cross across to, we'll jump across to Bruce down there in the Garden City, aka God's Land. Morning to you, Bruce. Hey guys. What? You... Um, I can't talk. I can't talk to my wife about this during the match because she doesn't care about it. So I feel as though I need to vent the spleen for thirty seconds. <laughs> I'm frustrated. I think we are technically innate, and I think we are. Um, uh, a bit naive when the captain says, when she's asked, uh, is this a must-win game? No, uh, that's the reply. It's like, she's supposed to be the leader mentally, physically, everything. They should have agreed that we are going to win this game, not we have to, not mm. we don't have to, to start with. Positive energy. But, it, but I think they just, they sort of panic. They had a big opportunity to, to just play out the overs, play the game, they yeah. would have hit 260 runs easily. Yeah. And the last guy was dead right. Play a lot more straight. You've got ones and twos. You see the Australians, they just carve it down there calmly all the time if they go and hit boundaries. And when you get to the last oh, eight overs in the game or ten overs, and Mitch knows this, that's the happy hour. You've got to have someone who's been there a while, and mm. they get a boundary and over at least. And that's what you have to plan for. And oh. when, when you start panicking, it just doesn't work. And one more thing. Leah Tahuhu's a fantastic bat. 
woman, why wasn't she in there 20 overs earlier? Mm. And, and why didn't they put her in at number six and say, we want you to stay there for the last 20 overs of the game. Don't get out. You can hit a big shot occasionally. That's it. Yeah, fair points, Bruce. Fair points. Yeah. Do you think uh, just the mentality, you think, uh, do you think that they were actually, by saying it wasn't a must win, they were trying to take some pressure off themselves? Well, that's individually. You, we all know, I mean, I've played sports at a reasonable level, and you, all of you have, and you, you sort it out yourself. Cricket's quite a unique, it's a very unique yeah. No, you you are right. You're right in that point, Bruce. And you do come up with, and you do make a, um, your mind up personally about how much pressure you're going to feel. The Leah Tahuhu batting one is um, it's an interesting point because they have shuffled the batting order around a couple of times, which tells me they don't really know what they exactly want, and they're trying to find that game to game, which Mitch must be so hard for the players, especially. Mm, mm. You just want to know your spot. You just want to know where you're going to bat more often than not, and you want to know if you're going to be the floater and in what situation you are going to go up. Um, so I think Bruce's point about Leah Tahuhu is, uh, is, is fair. I think what we do take from Bruce and Kevin both is we're passionate about this team. God, we want, man, we want this team to succeed and we want this team to achieve. Hey, lads, the White Ferns will beat England. They've been poor against Australia and South Africa. Bates needs to score runs. Satterthwaite needs to go three to play a role like Kane Williamson does. Amelia Kerr to five. That's from Chase. Chase, you make a lot of sense. But, hey, what did we just say? Like this, this team, the the batting order, and and trying to find exactly roles and who has uh, defined roles and how they're going to contribute to the team, it just hasn't quite clicked like that this tournament. But I love your message on double eight double three chase. Keep calling. We want to hear from you after this. Mm. It's choices flooring polls time. We're going to throw a little bit of NRL flavour at you. Rugby league season. How good is it? Here comes Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Aotearoa. CNZ. We are 27 away from 8am this morning. Michael McNabb for Waikato Stud Racing, not far away. Mitch, someone wants to know how your NRL fantasy team went last night. They were good, mate. I had Latrell Mitchell. Picked him up as an injured player in my draft side. So, uh, no, he was good for me last night. Um, And not too much off the uh, classic side on the Supercoach. I had King play last night. Uh, He was good. 50 points. We love it. Uh, except for Elias. I have him as reserve. Thought he'd be a cash cow this year. And he's been shocking, mate. Shocking hey, for South. Two games into the year. Hey, yeah, Calm no, but you got to make decisions, mate. You've you got to make decisions. Do, do you know, you NRL fantasy folk, and so many people are into it. I love I, it. You, you are a different... You're like... Oh, shock. You, you're a crossfitter too, aren't you? <laughs> no, 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 I'm you're not. not. No, no. But the NRL fantasy, it's almost like a church. It's like the church of the NRL fantasy. You guys love it. Oh, we do, mate. We absolutely do. You have a little uh, call party yeah, for it. We've got big chats going. It's constant. Bing, 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 mate. Mrs. Well, is sick of it already. <laughs> <laughs> she hates it. She's like, sees the trials come up and she's like, oh, no, Supercoach is about to start, isn't it? And I was like, yep. She's like, okay, see you in September. Oh, 
man. That's brutal. Well, what about Craig Bellamy, mate? Speaking of NRL, um, mm. what, an, what an achievement. Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. You know, to coach for, I don't actually know when he started coaching, but it's 500 games, right? Yep, 500 games. And he's done it at the pinnacle, and he's, it's the players and the coaches that he's churned out underneath him and the sustained success that they have had. And, yeah, there'll be the salary cap snipes and yep. all those sorts of jokes. The old boats, English and all that stuff. <laughs> but regardless, he has found a way to resonate mm. and connect with player year after year after year, player after player yep. after player, and to get a win last night his 500th, which wouldn't have been the way he thought it was going to be, uh, the Storm giving up a 14-point lead, donating it, and then winning in uh, Golden Point. Incredible stuff. I'm sure he would have given a, a world-class, famous bellyache serve after the game. <laughs> yeah, no and doubt. There would have been many celebrations, that's for sure. I reckon that's exactly how he wanted to celebrate it. But look, <laughs> he... He for me is the he is the benchmark, mm. and I know there have probably been more winning coaches, um, maybe have accomplished more over a longer period of time. But the benchmark, because you talk to other coaches like Scott Robertson, um, there are guys that have have gone from different sports and they have spent time around that Melbourne Storm mm-hmm. culture and in that environment, yep. and they it's like winning is priority. Yep. And it's everything points towards excellence, and there's no room for anything else. Um, I, I can't really overstate how much admiration I have for him as a coach, and I'm not even a Melbourne Storm fan. So, choices for him poll this morning, Mitch. I was thinking, and you love your NRL. You would have. Who's your team? The Seagulls. Who coaches the Seagulls? Dizzy. <laughs> Dizzy. I love Dizzy, but he's. Uh, I know where you're going with this. He's not going to be in my top four, unfortunately. Choices Flooring's What's Your Lifestyle catalogue is on sale now. Okay, so head along and check that out. Choices Flooring poll every morning on Fridays and Mondays. Who's your greatest NRL coach of all time? Head to the SENZ app, chuck on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, mm. click on it, and you'll see the poll pop up there. Here are your four options. Tim Sheens, Mitch, winner. Genuine winner. Genuine winner. Those famous Canberra sides? Yeah, three or three in, what, four years or something like that, yeah. Incredible. And, and over a long period of time, Tim Sheens, uh, Wayne Bennett, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Speaks for itself, doesn't it? He's kind of got this grip over NRL players and the, the competition, and he's got this aura about him. We know, hey, what did Wayne Bennett do for us in New Zealand? 2008 Rugby League World yep. Cup? Yep. He was right there alongside Kearney, wasn't he? Um, Craig Bellamy, I, I think Craig Bellamy is, if, if you don't want to call him the best, I think it would be one of these other guys, but he has 100% proven himself over a long period of time. Or Jack Gibson, and I don't know much about Jack Gibson, but when you do this sort of thing, you have to look back in time. Uh, I've done a little bit of research. He was not only someone that had a long playing career, but he coached Eastern Suburbs, St. George, Newtown Jets, uh, South Sydney, Parramatta, Cronulla Sutherland, and he seemed to have been the big innovator and the great innovator as far as sports science, computers, technology. Jack Gibson, a lot of NRL and rugby league people will tell me that he was one of the great ones. Tim Sheens, Jack Gibson, Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy. Do you have an early lead here? Oh, look, I think you've got to lean towards Wayne Bennett. Um, I think the last little I know what's that look for, bro. I'm gonna throw it out there. I know you're on the you're on the Bellamy side. But Bellamy even alluded to himself 
last night um, in an interview or the day before before the game. He actually said he hasn't had the same pressure or recognition around Melbourne. Sure. Yeah, and how much – I don't – look, Sydney's nuts, mate. If you go over there and you coach in Sydney or you play in Sydney, it's it just a different – You don't quite grasp how big of a league town Sydney is until you get into a pub and there on a Friday a, night. And they are abusive. But in Melbourne, he says he walks around, nobody knows who he is. And it's just like the AFL teams in, in Melbourne and, and get Melbourne that same – And Melbourne get and, H- and Hutchie, because everyone knows who Hutchie is. When you watch Strolls around South Yarra, good yeah, point. I'm playing devil, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just no. saying, throwing that spanner out there, I, I think, hey. Oh, how many titles does Wayne Bennett have, uh, like, as well? Like, it's like the stats are there. I mean, nobody's going to quibble at that. That's mm. your choices for him, Paul, for this morning. Who's the greatest NRL coach of all time? We'll just put four in there. We've got Jack Gibson, Tim Sheens, Craig Bellamy, or Wayne Bennett. Bellamy last night. His 500th game, and um, look at the players, look at the coaches he's churned out throughout the years. Quite a unique character. Head to the SENZ app, click on our stream this morning, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Have your choice. I want you to have your choice and vote in this. We'll get the answers out at 8.30 this morning. It is time up after this for our Waikato Stud Racing Preview with Nabba. Michael. Listen to us on 1548am or download the SENZ app and hear us anywhere, anytime. Try New Vic's First Defence Nasal Spray, now eleven ninety nine at Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. SCNZ it is 16 away from 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, we're talking white ferns and there's some real passion here. And as I keep saying, look, this is... It's because we care. We really do. We desperately wanted this team to perform. There's two problems with women's cricket in New Zealand. The girls don't have... Or the woman... The woman don't have the mental strength to get through the tough games and we don't seem to have the deep depth needed to go deep into these tournaments. The standard of bowling in domestic T20 wasn't great. It's no surprise our bats women struggle when they come up against solid international bowlers. Amelia Kerr got put LBW to a full toss yesterday and that stuff shouldn't be happening in professional cricket from Liam. Liam, take your point. Um, as we talked about, it, it's still young. The, look, the the progression of women's sport, especially at this professional and elite level, Mitch, is, mm. you know, and it, look, I, I'll be honest, I don't even really, it's not that I feel uncomfortable, but you know, I'd love to, I'd like, I can't wait to hear from an actual woman. And it's great that our commentary team, we've got the likes of Emily Drum and, yep. and on these, because it's a, easy for us blokes to sit here and say, you know, they don't have the mental strength. But there are perfectly good reasons for that. And it is because they haven't had as much exposure to the sport at this level before. It's experience. Um, and I guess on the mental strength side of things, Liam, um, it's professionalism in cricket for women has just come in. And, you know, that constant pressure, the, the game's in, in the spotlight a little bit more now. Um, and they probably need an event like this to really put themselves under uh, through that mental pressure that you're talking about, um, Louis. So, look, uh, fingers crossed um, that Bo- uh, Bob and and um, Rob Nichols, I think, is involved, and, and Jacob Orham, you know, they can get them in a, a good mental space going into this game. And and knowing knowing that you're pretty much out at the minute, you know, without beating these guys, uh, you hopefully freeze them up a little bit. Oh, I don't know, Louis. I, I, oh, I think we've got to stay stay super positive <laughs> about it, mate. Uh, but, hey, we've got another text as well. Uh, morning team, White Ferns. I think they may have been a tad overconfident to start the tournament. That seems to be a recurring theme this morning. Uh, we're struggling to find anyone to stand up with the bat from, uh, apart from Kerr and Devine. I think they seriously need to look at the batting order. I would have Mackay, Devine, 
Satterthwaite, Bates, Kerr, Green, Halliday, Martin, Jensen, and whoever's going to come into uh, the lower order. We've got Roe, and we also have Tahuhu. So, uh, yeah, that's not bad. Um, the Mackay one, I could see adding a lot of pressure at the top. Mackay is uh, slower, slower. Strike rate of a batsman. So yeah, hey, but, but is was Frankie Mackay in the first thoughts in the first eleven in nah. the first place? Nah. You know, there seems to be a little bit of disorganisation, which seems crazy because we've been waiting for this tournament for so long, and and the Fran Jonas um, selection and the Lee Casbrick mm. part of this is a bit of a head scratcher as well. Loving the passion though. Double eight, double three. The temper bed post text machine. Well, give us some more calls. We want to hear from you. Be like Kevin. Be like Bruce. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kennard's higher phone line. We're two here for the White Ferns. Up after this, it's Michael McNabb for Waikato Stud Racing. Find Victor and Parker Rabard Black XS 100ml for only $89.99 at Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Baz and Izzy are off to the races. Thanks to Waikato Stud, your source for a racehorse. Yeah, we are off to the races. Uh, Mitch and Louie, it is instead, though. Trentham this weekend, and, oh, it's Oaks Day. Just love the Oaks. And I love this Philly self-obsession. She's big, she's strong, and she is the one to beat in the Albasti Equi World Dubai New Zealand Oaks Group 1 over the 2400. Michael McNabb takes the ride. He's leading the Premiership, and, man, he is, is he seeing it well. Nabba, welcome in, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good, thank you, Louie. Morning, Tim. Hey, um, what's going so right for you? I feel like I've asked you this maybe three times throughout the year, and I know you said let's just get to the back end of the year and we'll see if the premiership's still on my sights and and work it out. But this long sustained period of consistency now, what's what's happening, man? It's going so good. Getting on fast horses, I suppose. That's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you? You've been greasing a few palms, have you? Yeah, no. I, I think the people that were greasing the palms are not riding, so I've. I've oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Throw some shade. Right. Love it. Hey, hey. As you full well know, mate, it's a lot of hard work, and you actually have to be executing the rides. So, you're feeling confident. You're feeling good. Yeah, feel great. Feel, I'm never in better. I know that much. Um, just feel really good. Just they seem to be thinking really well in races and just getting it right. So it's been going good. Yeah, that's good to hear, man. I think you're right. I, look, it's never never been able to back Nabba with so much confidence. I know punters are loving it. Let's talk about self obsession, mate. Big strong filly. Looks like she's just going to love the twenty four hundred. What what are her best qualities? Um, I don't know if she just has one. She's just big, powerful, good attitude. Will to win, um, just the further the better. It seems. Do you, is there a? Do you go into the Oaks like obviously you've got a bit of confidence knowing what she can do? Do you think there's a style or a way to ride her where you get the best out of her, and do you want to share it? I feel like I'd ride her anywhere and she'd win. <laughs> I just think she's a good stayer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you could ride her a bit further back, and she'd and she'd still race just as well. But um, probably an asset of hers is she puts herself either in front, outside the leader, behind the leader, and you don't really get a lot of trouble when you're in those positions. 
Michael, um, look, I'm, I'm new to racing. Louis trying to get me involved. So I've, I have super basic questions, mate. Um, you're riding a couple of nice fillies. Um, is there anything uh, different that you need to do specifically um, as opposed to when you're riding in Colts or Geldings? Um, it, it depends what the horse is like, I suppose. So fillies can be a lot more um, harder to deal with and then a colt can be... Um, I suppose you sort of have to outthink a colt sometimes because they got those two things between their legs, and we all know we've got them. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. you think think a bit different to what you're meant to be doing. Yeah, but no, not really, not really. If you find a good one, then they're normally pretty easy to ride. I know that you you do ride fillies and mares really well, though. Good soft hands, and you don't seem to give them too much trouble. Imperatriz in the Levin Classic. I mean, she's just. She's got a bit of brilliance about her, um, and a kind of a, a bit of a weird, weird two thousand and twenty one, twenty two season for her. But she deserves a Group One. Have you have you ridden her much, or done much track work on her, or have you even ridden her in a race? Imperatrice. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Your last start. Oh, at the matter, matter, <laughs> absolutely crushed them. That I've was you. The, yeah, and I've ridden the last. I've ridden the last two. Um. And she's been super both times. Uh, she's she's this class um, a little bit difficult to ride bef- before the race, getting on, and then but in the race she's an absolute sweetheart and just does everything right. Is she? Because um, Jamie and Tiaka have about five chances in this race, and then there's the nice one of Sharrocks. Is she firmly the one to beat for you? I think so. Off her last one. Um, She's got a good draw. She's going to get a good run. The turn of foot is exceptional. My only concern is the mile, but I've been told from good people that don't be concerned about the mile. So um, I suppose, yes, she is the one to beat. Beautiful stuff, mate. Sam, I am Susie, another another rider who seems to be going the right way. Is there one you want to leave us with that we should all be watching and maybe have a bob each way? Oh, I, I think you've covered them, but I think... Don't don't miss the two year old guys. Um, I think he's a really sharp colt. It's my first time on his back. Done a little bit of track work on him, but from what I've seen, he's pretty impressive. Slipper Island, yeah. I know the stable has a yeah. decent opinion of him. Awesome, never. Um, keep it going, mate. It's a a big day. A couple of red hot Group One chances, and I know you'd love to keep that Group One prize money coming in. <laughs> and <laughs> you might be able to yeah. have a pull house too, mate. Appreciate your time. Yeah, I might be able to live like Baz and Izzy. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks, guys, for having me on. See you never, Michael McNabb, Premiership leading jockey. He's a character, Mitch. God, he's funny. What a legend. Yeah, how good. He's he's a hard case, and he's on a couple of real nice chances. This some week. shade early, eh? Of course he's ridden. <laughs> of course he's ridden in peerages before. Get it through your skull, Louis. Uh, Waikato stud, home champion size, Savabil. And, of course, Ocean Park, Savabil, again, the champion sire at Karaka this week. Hey, a couple of, or this year, at the Karaka sales. Marian Zan Cap uh, always looked unhappy when mistakes are made. She had a lot of attitude the New Zealanders don't seem to have. That's on double A, double three. Do the White Ferns, is the White Ferns' attitude or body language, are there things that they're doing that you're just not sure about? Uh, we care about this team. We want them to succeed. There's a great text here from Steve we'll get to after the news with Araha for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. And uh, look, I, I want everyone to I want to be clear on this. I had such high hopes, and I think we all did. And I think there's still room for them to grow. 
England on Sunday. Live commentary here on SCNZ. We'll tell you more about that. Off to find him at Cafe Coffee now. Busy for breakfast on SCNZ. SCNZ, three minutes past eight, and it's always the best time of the day when your McCafe coffee gets delivered by Joe, who's doing a fantastic job on Afternoons this week. Just in time for a McCafe coffee catch-up with Jess Hotter, one of New Zealand's best snow sport athletes. We're going to catch up with her very soon for a McCafe coffee catch-up, Mitch. But there's been plenty of action on the show this morning. We're debriefing the White Ferns, another disappointing loss at the hands this time of South Africa where the game looked well achievable for them to win. And um, look, there's been plenty of feedback on the text machine about this, which is great to see. Yeah, there has been. Um, Steve uh, texted her and said that cross, uh, full toss criticism, the crossback criticism from uh, so about some of the women players is unfair in ODI cricket. Seeing plenty of top-level men cricketers, LB and Bold, limited overs cricket as well. So sure Mitch will agree. Hey, look, Steve, I, I do. And, and in the Amelia Kerr situation with that stuff, mate, you're never expecting a full toss. And she would have been looking for her get-off strike shot, um, which generally is a sweep shot. Um, and a lot of batters will have plans of like how they are particularly going to rotate the strike. Um, and sometimes that, that stuff just catches you unawares. I think Amelia Kerr's been fantastic form. Um, but that would have been her plan. And obviously just mis-execution uh, at a critical time um, is, is what's kind of caused a bit of commotion, I guess, around that. Um, but yeah, uh, look, we also got a text through saying uh, Bob Fulton, and how dare I forget about the great, the manly great Bob Fulton, the late great yeah, Bob Fulton. You. That is on me. Uh, look, hey, he's there, there about mate. If I could have him and Des in there, I, I would. But I, we've got to keep it general, we're, we're, you know. And I don't want to be too biased uh, when we're doing our choices flooring poll. Yeah, you're just wearing your massive Manly Sea Eagles hat right there. Hey, I've got an on-the-bubbles hat as well, so I guess we're both a wee bit biased. Um, yeah, so the, the poll for the Choices Flooring, um, we want you to have your choice today uh, poll, is in the SEN app, and it's all about who's the greatest coach of all time in the NRL, because Craig Bellamy, the bellyache, had coached his 500th game last night, and, of course, it was a win. So you got Wayne Bennett, you got Bellyache, you got mm. Jack Gibson and Tim Sheens, legends of the games. And how about a bit of credit to South? No teams decides to slack off on purpose, let the other team catch up. By the time South played the Storm, they lost by 50 last time. Mm. Um, Mark, great point on double eight, yeah. double three. Really, really appreciate that. And keep your messages coming through. Anything NRL like this one from Chris. Reese Walsh has a get-out cause if he's unsettled at the Warriors, right? That might sound like speculation or conspiracy theory stuff, though, Chris. So let's keep it all about what we actually do know is true, which is the Warriors could be their year. You can't oh, say mate, it's not. It you cannot <laughs> say it's not. It is six and a bit past eight o'clock. McCafe coffees are here, so that must mean it's time for a McCafe coffee catch-up. Alrighty, SCNZ, Baz and for breakfast, and coming out of the Winter Olympics where we had our most successful games ever, it does seem 
Mitch, that now New Zealand is fully on board with snow sports in 2022. Uh, one snow sport you wouldn't have seen at the Winter Games, probably because it's just a bit too gnarly, is free ride skiing and snowboarding, though. Essentially, this is where the loosest of the loose units go to the tallest parts of the most terrifying-looking mountains, and they throw themselves off it, try to find the sketchiest line, all while doing flips and grabs and God knows what else. Uh, just like the Olympics, though, just because it's not at the Olympics doesn't mean we're not really good at it. And one person in particular is having a hell of a year up there in Europe. She's leading the Freeride World Tour women's ski competition with just one finals week to go, if I've got this right. It's Oakuni's Jess Hodder. She's on the line with us now all the way out of Austria, and we're so stoked to have her on the show. Morning, Jess, or evening to you. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for having me. I hope I got that all about right, because the, the Freeride World Tour is something It's a little bit um, in the mainstream sport, especially since we, even though we're all the way in on snow sports at the moment, it's a little bit out of sight, out of mind, and you guys do your work all the way up in Europe, quite a wee way away from us, because I guess the terrain is just, that's what you need up there? Yeah, yeah, we do it um, in other countries as well. Like we've had competitions in uh, in Canada. Um, they used to have them some in Alaska and Japan as well. Like all all around the show. Oh uh, look, hey, I'm going to go straight off the bat and just say, how'd you get into this? Because I know growing up, I got dropped out of the car a few times and told to walk home. Was this a scenario where you got dropped at the top of the mountain and got told to come home down from the top of the mountain? <laughs> um. Oh, well, I don't really know. It just kind of, it was just like a natural progression of wanting to push myself on skis. Um, I was never really good, that good in the park. I kept hurting myself, so I decided to jump off the cliff instead. So it is it is kind of, as you say, a natural progression of what, what we did see at the Olympics and, and on the in these parks, but it is quite extreme, isn't it, Jess? Like, can you do your best to explain it to us and everybody what it is in your mind, free ride skiing? Um, for me, freeride skiing is, is, uh, I guess showing the way that you ski and the way that you enjoy skiing on a mountain face and being basically given a blank canvas and told to do some art on it. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's different for everyone and it's everybody's relationship with the mountain is different. And that's a really, that's a really cool thing about freeride is that. Um, is that you do your own run and it's not the same as somebody else's and it's not all about that having to tr- having to throw like mm. a crazy trick that hasn't been done before or anything. It's about your style and the way that you ski down the mountain. Um, hey, absolutely great lead-in. Lead it's like we've prepared this uh, interview because we've got a little clip to play. <laughs> I've loved you just so you've talked about your style. This obviously is a contributing factor. Jess Hodder, she's going to be the first one out the gate. You can see she is feeling the vibe. She's vibing hard. And Jess skis best when she is feeling loose. Lucy Goosey gets it done for Jess Hodder. And we're going to see her on course now kicking off the women's... So Lucy Goosey, talk to us about it. You're bopping at the top of the run. You've got your music in. You know, what's what's your tunes to get you into that space? And Lucy Goosey, how many times have you heard that? <laughs> Um, that's kind of the first time I've really thought about it like that as Lucy Goosey, but um, I think Garrett kind of knows me as a skier as well, and he knows that I, I do better runs when I'm in a really good mental space and having a good time with friends. And if I've been skiing like the week before with mates and having a great time, then I tend to be more comfortable on the face. Um, but also like as far as like the music goes, the music um, that I play is the 
the ones that really get me get me vibing is the the music that I play um, when I am skiing around with my friends, and so it just kind of takes me back to just you're just out there having a good time with awesome. your mates and having a good a good time skiing. It is. I'm, uh, I'm usually listening to Aussie hip hop. <laughs> Aussie hip hop. Okay. Yeah. Favorite artist. Uh, well, actually, I have a particular song that I like to listen to, especially for the drop-in, and um, it's usually 2020 by The Herd, but I listen to Draft and um, Fundamentals and a bunch nice. of other stuff as well, but uh, also a little bit of Canadian Canadian Classified. Um, yeah, just all kinds of stuff that just kind of gets me grooving and Classic, and I was, I've seen you. I've, I've seen you knock around with the mates. Actually, involve quite a few of few shotguns. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> you're not me? doing those those before you go down. Oh, with like not yeah, not the old beer, the yeah, old shotguns. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Well, no, th- this is the thing. These these skiers and extreme extreme athletes, they are a different breed, Mitch. I, I know it is an extremely expressive sport, which is why that style is so important. And that's one thing we we have learnt about um, snow sports: style and the steers or or whatever they call it. It is really important. But the actual athletic part of it and, and the competition part of it. You must be so stoked with how your season is going, Jess. You won your last event in Austria to put you pretty clear at the top of the standings. Did you know that going into this year you were ready to really kind of be strong and, and lead and, and I guess give yourself a chance to win the tour? Oh, I honestly, like, I did not expect it at all. Because, um, you know, as, as you know, other people are, you know, I, I didn't go overseas that, this uh, last Northern season so I was back in New Zealand having my first summer in a really long time so I decided to take the winter off to to train as much as possible and ski and um and and that was in preparation for coming back out on the freeride world tour because I knew that everybody else had been skiing and pushing themselves and you're seeing that on Instagram all the time so I was like man I need to I need to step it up and (laughs) start getting after it and um yeah I guess for me the biggest focus is always just to re-qualify for the finals and I was so stoked to have come away with a, with a couple of wins and a, and a second place. I just can't believe it happened. Um, I've also obviously had a couple gnarly crashes as well, so it seems to be a bit of a make-or-break kind of a situation. Yeah, well, I saw that in, even in your last event, you still managed to have a pretty big spill, but you'd done enough in your first run, I think it was. There's one event, if I've got this right, there's one event left this year, and you are top of the pops. Is it in your sights? Are you closing in? Is your lead unattainable? What is the standing situation? Um, I try not to. I try not to go into the numbers too much on points and everything because I feel like that wigs you out for competition. True. Um, for me, yeah, you don't want to put that kind of pressure on yourself um, going into a competition thinking about that kind of stuff. I try and treat every competition as it doesn't matter whether it's a final or a qualifier or anything. Treat it as a new competition. Get after it. Push yourself, and that's kind of my my mantra is just to get after it each time. Yeah, and obviously you just got to stay loosey goosey. Yeah, stay loosey goosey. Have a good time, and remember <laughs> it's just skiing. You know, um, and and the and the best part about it is like everybody on the freeride world tour is just so awesome and so lovely, and we're just like a big a big family, a big crew that gets along and. And everybody supports each, supports each other, and I think that's the coolest part about this sport as well, is that everybody is just a big old, it's a big old group of mates, really. <laughs> so so what about the, the New Zealand contingent then? Because we really are at a strong point um, as far as our snow sports go, and like 
you know, the terrain, it might not be exactly the same as Japan or Canada or Europe or wherever, but we have grown up in the snow and we've seen that during the latest Winter Olympics. I know guys like Craig Murray have flown the flag previously. Are there still Kiwis out on tour that you're hanging out with and are surrounding yourselves by, or is it pretty much the Lone Ranger just hotter at the moment? No, definitely hanging out with the crew. Um, I mean, at this last, last, this last uh, Feverbrun comp we had, um, Craig Murray had to sit the comp out because he actually has a, a sternum in- injury at the moment. Um, but I was competing with Jamisa Hampton and Finn Billis was a wild card in this competition as well, which was super sick. And it was so nice to have that crew there. And and then, of course, you know, you've got all the Kiwis that are on the qualifiers um, who just finished up a competition uh, in Yasna. And they, they all came out to watch as well and just turned up at the bottom of the space um, it really randomly had no idea they were coming, so it was just so nice to have such a big crew there of, of all of the all of the homies from back home. You know, they they're super frothy and and every you know there's always a lot of stoke, and that's what I love about the Kiwis is I, I feel like I, like we're very heavily represented on the tour for a very small nation, and I think it's just because we really enjoy spending time with our mates out in, out in the outdoors and we get after it. I've always said that about New Zealanders. We are super frothy people, Mitch. That is one thing I've always said about us Kiwis. Just a couple of maybe boring questions for you, but like process questions. That, just to get our heads around this, how the, the actual event itself, how do you get up the mountain? How do you pick where you want to go down, or is that actually part of it, and, the, and that's why you've been going so well? Maybe you're picking scarier lines than other people. And the skis you use, like the actual process of it, because it's, as I say, it's a pretty wild sport. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's um, a judged sport, and you have to do an inspection of the face. So the day before the competition, um, everybody gets up uh, to the bottom of the face and looks at it with binoculars. Um, we don't we don't actually get to step foot on the face before we drop into it on skis. Wow. So everything that we do, we are doing purely off memory of looking at it and imagining ourselves skiing down the face. Um, so you know, you look at all of all of the people that are doing crazy tricks. They've never thrown tricks on that face or on that feature before, um, unless they've done it in previous competitions in previous years. Like if they're still using the same face, but a lot of those a lot of those features change with different snow conditions and in different years they'll be different. So um, a lot of a lot of it is really new. You're just you're basically just flying on the seat of your pants, really. <laughs> It's freaking me out, actually. I'm sure it's freaking <laughs> a few of our listeners out, to be fair. That is that is crazy. So you don't actually, there's no like practice run or anything. It's all done by memory. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely a lot of um, a lot of preparation and a lot of um, imagining yourself skiing the face and visualization. Um yeah, it's it, it is a pretty crazy sport when you think about it like that. Yeah, well, hold on, let's um, not let's not psych you out. It's it's, it's <laughs> not, don't let us get in your head. Don't let us our kind of wow get in your head. And, and and how do you get up there? And is is it like a helicopter or are there ski lifts to these faces? Or it really depends on the on the venue that they're using. Um, it depends on the face that they that they're going to have the competition on. In some places, you can catch a chair almost all the way to the top. Um, and in some places you have to hike uh, quite a distance. You know, it can be an hour, an hour and a half hike or something. Um, and then in some places we get a helicopter and 
we were very fortunate this last competition in Fieberbrunn we got a helicopter because they had to they were running two competitions and they had to run it within a certain um, period of time because the weather and snow conditions were gonna were basically putting a time crunch on everything so they allowed us to allowed us to catch a heli which is super exciting we love it we love a good heli ride but um but yeah sometimes we're hiking sometimes we're just getting off a lift but they they close the faces for a certain period of time before we get on them so ideally other people haven't skied them yeah amazing it is a it is a total foreign concept to mitch and i in our studio in auckland here we're gonna look at each other like this is absolutely bonkers but what whatever it is you're doing so well at it and you're right there i know you don't want to think about your position in the standings and stuff and fair enough but when's your uh, last event and whereabouts is it if people want to follow along um so the last event is in verbier and it is on the i think the weather window starts the 25th or the 20 or the 26th of this month um and so uh, yeah so we're not sure what what face we're going to be, be skiing on just yet as the snow conditions are pretty pretty crazy over here right now they've had um a lot of sahara storm sand has ended up on all of the ski fields in europe so everything's orange um, sure. <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> yep. but if if you want to follow it um check out the free ride world tour their website or their instagram page they're constantly updating um, what's happening, especially on the Instagram story, they give us give updates about whether the competition's going to be on or off or postponed, or um, and they also give the time to uh, the time period for you to be able to watch it in New Zealand. Legend. Hey, thanks for your time uh, today, Jess. This has been a super informational, but I'm super hype. I, look, I'm not going to go jump off a mountain myself, but <laughs> this is, <laughs> you know, all the best. And yeah, you are seriously, you've you've done so well this year. So we, we'll watch with interest and. Um, we're crossing our fingers and toes you make it down the mountain and, and hopefully get rewarded well at the end of the year oh, thank you so much guys thanks for having me ECNZ. not an issue at all thanks for dialing in out of Austria Jess Hotter uh, snow sports in New Zealand Mitch we would we we were loving the Winter Olympics hype during the summer breakfast and this is just another level of it on top isn't it it sounded pretty crazy what Jess is talking about Oh, insane, mate. And had a little troll, obviously, through the old Instagram. Got some good content there, mate. So um, you see they, you know, she talked about travelling around with the crew that just has good fun and does some pretty wicked stuff and get across to Jess Hotter uh, with a one at the end on Instagram. And you can see a lot of highlights of, of what they get up to. Uh, looks awesome, mate. Yeah. Not not for me, though. <laughs> not for me. I like a, a Friday send, but not like that. That's uh, jumping off a mountain and not even knowing the face that you're going down, like just having to visualise no, it, memorise it. That was a really, really fascinating tidbit. Hey, um, here's a text from Kevin. Say hi to Mitch. Tell him that he's excellent on the radio. I'm Michael Barry's dad. Yeah, classic. G'day, Shout Kevin. Out. How are you? How are you? I'm sure Michael's told you a nice little story about his Pfeiffer in Wellington. Um, talked him through it, mate. Nullah, uh, left arm quick. Oh, Michael Barry. Uh, no, he's exceptional. Uh, love playing with the shark. <laughs> he was wicked, mate. He Beautiful. was awesome. Yeah. Texts have been flying today on the temper bedpost text machine. Another one. It is our year. You can't say it is our year <laughs> without somebody parroting you on the text machine, and I love it for that. Go on the Warriors this weekend against Gold Coast. Ash Taylor revenge game. We are very excited for that. And Louie, Nabba is right. Self-obsession, it just wins. A huge, powerful horse, Maltese all the way. Wow. 
That's Kevin again. We might follow this one up after this when we talk to Pip Morris from the TAB. Maybe self-obsession can be one of our multi-buster choices. Back shortly. Here we are with the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. SCNZ um, is 28 minutes past 8 o'clock. Thad Taylor from the TAB will not will be uh, not uh, not too far at all. Um, Thad Taylor, one of the bookies there at the TAB, he will be... On the show, and we'll have a chat to him about some odds for the weekend. Mitch, you got you've got you've got a story about every domestic cricketer. I feel a domestic cricketer's dad texts, and you've got a yarn <laughs> about it, which I absolutely love. Oh yeah, there's yeah, you spend a lot of time with people. Mate. It's great. Um, now, Michael Barry is actually a very very good player, very good all rounder, um, underrated in my opinion. So um, there you go, Kevin. I'll give you give your son a pump, mate. <laughs> uh, no, nah, he was very good. Um, great man, great team man as well. Um, so, yeah, mate. This, yeah, domestic cricket has felt a bit up and down all year, eh? Oh, we, I don't know. Is it completely nailing the stake yet? Is it done? <laughs> well, I'd imagine with uh, is it? I, I actually, I don't know. I'd imagine with this um, Netherlands series, half of our domestic cricketers are playing in that. It was awesome, and then to half see... are gone to the IPL. Have we got players left? Yeah, it was great to see that team named um, mm. and the, the, the names and people that are. Been grinding away for a long time, yeah. getting, getting Michael Bracewell. That's yeah. exactly right. Michael Bracewell become the fourth member of his family. Yeah, awesome, eh? Yeah. So cool. And we caught up mm. with Michael Bracewell after uh, he bludgeoned 158. that. Oh man! And he was—you could tell he was in a real good space, and he was kind of holding out hope. Yeah. And he was thinking, "Oh, it would be now." You could yeah. kind of hear it. So, yeah, it is great. He's just got fitter and fitter every year. The beast. His nickname's the beast, mate. He's got the biggest hands and biggest and strongest hands I think I've ever. <laughs> it was shock in my life, is, mate. Is it? See, yeah. exactly. Every domestic cricketer, there's a story, which is why I absolutely love it. You've, um, maybe it's because you've been around for so long, mate. Time for a TAB Live update. Be live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Oh, this is an absolute treat. A Friday edition from the wine cellar. It's Thad Taylor. Morning, Thaddeus. Oh, Louis, look, it's my uh, breakfast day, boo. I'm pumped up. I've just got one question for you. Where the hell are Baz and Izzy? <laughs> you know, you, you might, look, you, you wouldn't be the first person to ask that, but Baz is in India coaching Calcutta, and Izzy is uh, probably on his estate when one of the back paddocks trying to fix some irrigation leak or something. Um, Thad, we've got to take a, a multi-buster challenge today. We, we've got to put a four-league multi together, is that right? Multi-busted challenge, is it? Oh, gee, you've, you've tripped me up. What are we doing? No, that's all right. I thought, the, uh, we'd, we'd love to put a little four-leg multi together, but you you do your form um, regardless. I'm sure – do you have something? If we can stick – if we all tip one out, would you – well, a three-leg multi, I suppose. Would you have one for us? <laughs> yeah, I certainly would. Uh, I want to go – well, can I go to the NRL? Yeah, sure. Yes, go for it. Yeah, I want to go for the Eels. I think the Eels get the shark. Dollar sixty-nine Eels. Uh, we'll tip over the Sharks 2.13. So there's my one, boys. Oh, Parramatta Eels. Love okay. it. Okay, Thad. Um, Mitch? Yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with uh, Michael McNabb's uh, you know, thoughts before. I'm going to go self-obsession. Well, he did just oh. say it doesn't matter where you're riding, she'll just win. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's fair enough. I'll I'm, take the layup, that's for sure. And I'm going to take, because I actually think, I'm not going to get silly here because I love. I'm loving both. I'm in full agreement with the lads. Eels self obsession. I'm going to chuck in. Can I get an amen? But for a place, I think dollar ninety uh, is extreme. Just give myself that little insurance here, Thad. Mm. Anything wrong with that? 
Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I see you're pretty keen on can I get out of man. If she can replicate that last run, she's going to be hard to beat. But uh, you've got plenty of sport on this weekend, boys. Obviously, the Warriors' top eight promotion continues, and uh, yeah, obviously the price gets bigger uh, this week. So if you took the three dollars sixty, if you held off from taking the three dollars sixty, you can get five dollars around the, the uh, Warriors to make the top eight. And if they don't make the top eight but avoid the wooden spoon, you get your bet back as a bonus bet. So that's been very popular. The Grand Prix is another one. You'll be well aware of the bonus back in the uh, racing, Louis. We're going to do bonus back in the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, so if you run second, third or fourth, you'll get your money back as a bonus bet up to $50. So you can take Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, uh, Leclerc saying that they run in the top four but don't win, you'll get your money back as a bonus bet. So there's a couple of promos uh, to have a bit of a look at. And obviously the Phoenix go around tonight as well. And that A-League promotion, very popular. You can back the Phoenix against the Jets at 280. If it is a draw, get your money back as a bonus bet up to $50. So get to that promo page. That's my advice, Louis. Oh, that's epic. Uh, bonus back blitz. Absolutely love it. Uh, and thoroughbreds to horsepower. Great stuff. Thad Taylor, tab.co.nz, hundreds of sports markets to choose from. We're going to hit our choices flooring poll results after this. Here is the news with Aroha for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. CNZ, it is 25 minutes away from 9am this morning. View Choices Flooring's online magazine with over 100 inspiring pages at choicesflooring.com. Would highly encourage you to do that. We've asked you to have your choice. Who's the GOAT of NRL coaches? And Tim Sheen's Jack Gibson, not getting a whole lot of love, a little bit of respect in the SCNZ Mm -hmm. app where you've had your choice. Wayne Bennett, with a lot of love. Yep. But not as much as the bellyache. Wow. Craig okay. Bellamy okay. coming up in top on the greatest NRL coach of all time. Last night he coached his 500th. I mean, like, I the can su- see it. I can see it. Yeah. The success that Melbourne have had under him is kind of unparalleled. It is unparalleled. And I think he made a really good point before we went to the break was the amount of good quality coaches that have come out from underneath him um, has been astounding. Like, it's been awesome. Um, he just seems to know how to get the best out of him, and he seems to have a fair idea. He did say at the start of his coaching career that uh, he came in with a bit too much of a brace of attitude and did a few wrong things. So, so obviously, ability to learn is important as well. But I just want to touch on Mark's um, Go question for it. Go for it. Uh, from from a, a little bit early. He said, "Yeah, you know about team putting slack in and saying that Melbourne slacked off and and Souths were let into the game and." and you know, I think we do have to give South a bit of credit. I think they really fought well, and it did show, um, you know, no Adam Reynolds this year. They've got a young halfback there. Cody Walker's obviously, I think if Tommy Turbo wasn't wasn't in the comp last year, Cody Walker would have been the best player in the comp last year. So Latrell Mitchell was such a boost to them, and I thought they fought well um, for a side that's probably going to have to find how they're going to play this year with that young half combination. So I, I, I thought they showed good signs against a very good Melbourne side. Manly this this week. Who do you have? Uh, I've got Manly 
based around the fact that I think Victor Adley is so important to um, Sydney Sydney Roosters side. Um, I think I think we'll go well. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a massive game yeah. for both of these clubs. Hmm. The week after, not the first week they would have wanted. Yeah, the bounce back. And this is going to be one of the games of the round. Yeah, it definitely will be. Um, uh, I know Manly generally, historically, are not good starters. You know, last nine seasons we lost our first game. Um, but the Roosters, you know, they generally do like to start well. And, and oh, well, no, that's not to be true. You've probably got two slower starters. When the Roosters won the comp last, they had a horrific start to the season. I know Trent Robinson really tries to, mm. to build for the back end of the season. And it's, it's a long game, not a short game. Uh, we saw an Eels fan before. Or <laughs> I mean, um, t- Thad uh, tipped the Eels. They love to get off to hot starts. So if you're back in them, back the start of the season, not the end, because they're the ones who run out of steam. But... I just feel like I feel like I don't think Sydney Roosters will be able to replicate the defensive patterns that Penrith had on the weekend um, and really shutting down Turbo. And I think that Luke Carey uh, combination at the minute, um, I just he's playing seven for the first time. So you know, and he's been out for a year. So I still think there's some time for him to really bet in. Although he's a great halfback, and, you know, he played great six. I just think there's a little bit of time for him to really bet in in that spot. What's your game of the round? NRL double eight double three. Who are you looking out for this week? A player, a team? For me, it's uh, look. It actually is the Warriors Titans shock, but I do think this is a huge one, and I'll be watching Ash Taylor with serious intent Sunday. You know what you're doing. You're backing the White Ferns. This is must win. It's more than must win. It's they've got to really put a performance up that that can show us that if they do make the semi-finals, which they are still a chance, that they can really kick on and take this World Cup by the scruff of the neck. Daniel McCarty, Anna Corbin, Garth Galloway, and Katrina Keenan. Some cricketing identities uh, there that you will want to hear from on ECNZ live commentary. Can't wait for that. I'll be tuned in. And there's a couple of lovely texts here around the NRL. We'll get to that after the Friday tipple, though, which is coming up next on Baz for Breakfast. And Parker Rabard Black, XS 100 mil for only $89.99 at Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for Breakfast on SENZ. SCNZ, it's that time of the week. It's time for the Friday Tipple where we toast the week we have had. And what a great week it's been. Uh, We've covered so much different stuff across from NFL to golf to Women's Cricket World Cup, the lot. And I want to start with NFL because Nick Wise, a local Tampa Bay radio legend, joined the show on Tuesday to chat about the GOAT. Tom Brady, returning for his 23rd season. He had a great little fact to share about the impact of Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. You know, this is huge for not just the Buccaneers, but this entire area. He definitely brings uh, an entire vibe to a city. It, it, it's, some people here believe that their home value has gone up because of Tom Brady. It's <laughs> amazing. I'm not making that up. People That's... really think that. It's called the Tom Brady effect. It... Yeah, real similar to what uh, Mitch McLennigan did to the Howard pr- uh, property prices, actually, I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, I'm pretty sure they've gone down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, mate. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen uh, anytime soon, mate. Um, it's always a good day when we have a guest in studio. Uh, cheers to Az for double-checking Uncle Kempy didn't have COVID before I took his seat. And you swivel it around 
for about um, five swells in the first nostril. <laughs> five, not 50. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you move over to the second nostril and again two and a half centimetres up and another five swells. And oh. that pretty much uh, gets, gets exactly <laughs> what you need in. <laughs> What are you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm doing one too. Oh, right. <laughs> I'd never seen a couple of blokes make it look harder work when it is so simple. And as is like, mate, all you do is swivel around five times. And Kimpy's eyes are rolling back in the back of his head. And as he's sneezing because he's triggered that little sneeze button <laughs> up his nose, it was funny. But it was great to have Az from the Chemist Warehouse on board, CEO here. And you know, the best thing was that they let us know how much they've saved Kiwis $28 million since 2018. We love it when our supporters um, can support other Kiwis as well. We had to give Izzy this week a bit of um, a bit of gyp too. Che- cheers to Joey Wheeler for giving Izzy some stick and just keeping him in check when he came on the show. I get a yellow card. Dagger is right there, my old mate Izzy, and he's going, great stuff, Joey. Thanks for that, bud. Well played, mate. Give me a bum tap. There's on. <laughs> Oh mate, I'm I'm stoked. I'm stoked Joey didn't react the way Pricey did in 09, otherwise we might have had a similar story from Joey to the one Kempy managed to get out of Pricey yesterday. <laughs> mate, that was look, Steve Price, this was gold if you haven't heard this. Just take us through the actions, mate. What actually happened that night? Yeah, I can't remember much, obviously, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, we weren't going too good in the game. I think we were down by about 12 with a minute to go. And I just tackled Brett with Kevin Smith, and I got up, and then he punched me in the mouth, and I sort of said, well, what would you do that for, Brett? And he goes, because you need me in the head, Steve. And I said, well, no, I didn't. He said, yes, you did, and then he went to me again, and I was like, well... See what do I do? So um, I've always sort of copped it on the chin. Never fought, you know, never had a fight. Um, yeah, this time I don't know why, but this time I thought, nah, just after you, Brad, I'm going to stick up for myself. Oh, Pricey, an absolute warrior out there. Um, he was obviously a, a legend of the Warriors Guernsey as well. And hopefully he's enjoying work with his 19 year old boss out there on the work site. A toast of the week this week, lads. It is to Kempi because Kempi did it tough this week. He lost one of his mates. Um, he's gone down for his tangi down in Taranaki there, and and Kempi put on a brave face. He turned up each day, and and look, he was feeling pain as was his whole community. So cheers to you, Kempi, and I know that uh, we're we're all thinking of you this morning. So much aroha to you and all the fano. There's a text here that probably means a bit for you. I'll let you read it, mate. It's been a tough week for you, brother. Yeah, I, I haven't really um, tried too hard to think too much about this. I've got a text come through. Uh, I don't know who it is, but it's one of the Waitara boys. Morning, Kempe. I work with Paulie T. Uh, raw weekend, brother. Great man. Um, gone way too early. Kia kaha and safe travels back to Waitara for the tangi. Um, yeah, man. Paulie, Paulie T, my brother, that passed away on the weekend. P- pretty tough, man. It's. Uh, I really appreciate that text coming in and... and you know, uh, Paulie T, Izzy is just one of the good guys. You know, one of the one of the really really good guys that you know just don't even want to don't even want to mm. think about it. You know, it's still hard to believe. Uh, cheers to you, Kimpy. I'm sure you'll be raising a, gra- a glass to your brother. Um, 
gone way too soon, but like really appreciate you sharing what sort of man Paulie was. And again, shout out and thoughts to all of the whanau down there in the Naki. You guys are doing it tough this week, losing one of your brothers. That was the Friday tipple, Mitch. A little bit of a somber note, but it's important to um, recognise those moments in your life where you, you really do. It puts it all in perspective, and I know Kempi had a lot of perspective this week. So, yeah, definitely thinking of him. We're going to be back after this, and we're going to sleep on it with Rick Dog because Ricardo has got many a thought, especially regarding the White Ferns. There's some great texts here we'll clear as well. We'll get to, we'll read all of them, including this one from Pistol Pete, because Mitch is, um, he's absolutely gagging to read that one out. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.